Hello and welcome to another episode of General Nerd Sense, the podcast from Shieldwall Productions, where we talk about anything and everything generally nerdy. That's the name. And on this episode, we have myself, John. And Jacob. Yes, and dear listeners, the doctor is in. Yep. Jacob, let's practice medicine. medicine. So you've had another escapade. Yeah. Um, you, it, the doctor has been inflicted upon the world again. It's been a weird week. Usually we record on Sunday and then... It's Monday morning again. It's Monday morning again. But we're and, a lot more focused this but time. we also recorded on Thursday last week. Yeah. We're ramping and, up the production, man. Pulling so back the curtain a little. Usually I've been doing the, like, D&D campaigns on Thursday. And then and fresh then, content for Sunday. And then fresh content for Sunday. But, but instead we, we did recording Thursday, Thursday and you did... Fresh content Sunday and then... And here we are the Monday next day, morning. Monday morning. Much better than our last Monday morning podcast. True. We're actually awake this time. Not to say those weren't bad. Yeah, they they were actually pretty good. And uh, apparently, when we're tired, we make good content. That's my secret, Jacob. I'm always, I'm always tired. tired. <laughs> so, anyway, anyway, so I I rolled out of bed like 30 minutes before the podcast started because I work nights. You mean before the? Well, uh, bef- yeah, before the D and D started. Before the D and D started, sir. Usually, it's I roll out thirty minutes before, wake up thirty minutes before the podcast started. I know you do. <laughs> and uh, I jumped on, um, you know, waiting for the caffeine to kick in, popped a five-hour energy, <laughs> and so you know, campaign started off. We had just finished up with the Merchants Guild because that's where the DM wanted to tie it up for the day. And we had a we had a couple things to do during the podcast, but it was a little bit less structured this time. Mm. So we had gotten a mission from like the underground that we had to like you know enforce because someone didn't buy their insurance. <laughs> so you know the party is getting ready to do that. That's pretty much the one of the big things we have to do for you know this campaign. Mm. Um. We did get so I told him the last po- uh like camp uh, podcast that we last uh, tale of the doctor yeah that you know we had just gotten word from the DM that we were allowed to get some NPCs so of mm-hmm. course we had chose the one NPC we had kidnapped who then became contractually obliged who be yeah who then became contractually uh, obliged to you know join us so they as always you know the doctor's he's running a little bit late Jacob. And, how many times? Yep. The doctor is never late, nor is he early. He arrives precisely when he means to. Exactly. So, they they introduce, you know, re you know their superiors reintroduce her to the party. She is none too happy. She's like, ah. While I wasn't there, um, they had a little bit of an issue because finally we were starting to get sessions where we have everyone there. And, you know, they're starting to need more beds because the DM only gave them three beds and was like, fuck off, buy the rest of the beds yourselves because you have to do something. Right. You know, because what the DM's doing is he's allowing them to build up their base a little bit. They have this pretty back, a big back room of a, of a tavern. But not fully furnished with full beds for yeah, everyone. Yeah, they have three beds D- and... DM gave them a genuine quest because buying beds in the real world is no small matter. Exactly. Buying beds in a medieval low fantasy setting i'm sure it's even more of a hassle the smart players are the ones who've showed up to every session a session and have already staked out their beds bingo yep so it's not too much of an issue because uh the dm has been giving like like 
party money to the party leader to kind of help with a couple things. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the NPC's like, well, should I get my own lodging? You know, wanting her own lodging because she doesn't want to stay there. Of course, our party leader, Manolo, the knight, is mm -hmm. uh, very adamant that she stay with the party. Mm -hmm. You know, he's partially doing this because maximum uncomfortableness with the NPC. Right. And, it's an NPC. They're not even people. And the NPC points out they only have three beds. Uh, Manolo points out she could sleep on the floor. Jeez. <laughs> because she is a quote-unquote intern. Wow. <laughs> uh he he's an intern right now so uh, oh okay <laughs> he has to take out some frustration yeah he's like i just i need to make someone else the intern and she's like well i can quit <laughs> yeah just like it's like i i don't have to stay manolo counters with you could always stay at the doctor i'm sure he has a table that you could sleep on Ooh. and she threatens to walk out right there seriously and then there are there's a a slight noise at the door of Jacob, you're playing so much fire with all the open drinks we have on the table. It's all coffee, too. The, the three ominous knocks. Right. The doctor has arrived. The doctor has arrived. I am still completely exhausted at this point, so I'm deciding to fully play, roleplay the doctor's quiet side. Nonverbal. Until the caffeine kicks in. Mm -hmm. So they open up the door. Manolo, you know, tells them that Manolo's the party leader, so he tells the doctor what they have to do today, you know, and the doctor just kind of cocks his head mm -hmm. questioningly and says, quite, <laughs> walks in, sees the new person, and Manolo, you know, introduces the doctor because the doctor's not introducing himself at this point because the doctor already knows mm -hmm. the intern. Mm-hmm. Or slightly he rem has some vague remembrance that mm. he thinks he knows her. Didn't I last see you on my doctor table? He sees a lot of people on his doctor table. This is true. So, the, uh, you know, the intern, we'll just refer to her as the intern because we're trying our best to keep her alive. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we're, you know, we're keeping her there as the intern, never really increasing her pay because <laughs> that's... That's what you do with interns. I mean, if you want to increase her pay and you're, kind of, if you're trying to keep her alive and just keep her in as intern status, I mean, she doesn't go on away teams. I mean, she won't yeah. die. Red shirts don't die if they don't go on the away team. Exactly. So, you know, we're, we're keeping her at this point where she lives in a constant state of, you aren't terrible enough that I can quit on the spot. Mm-hmm. And this is the only revolutionary position they'd give me, and I, I really want to support it. Mm. But at the same time, I really fucking hate these people. You're not horrible enough for me to leave. I really want to support this cause. But god damn it, you're not making it easy. <laughs> exactly. And I think the entire party is in agreement that we're going to do it this way because mm. the, the it, it's more fun to see our GM give that exasperated, like, what would this character say? Because he roleplays well. Mm. So he's always having to be the most, oh, my God, I fucking hate these people. <laughs> okay. Roleplay. Mm. Mm. So Manolo suggests that the party go find some beds. So, you know, they start to head off to the market. Doctor, as always, rolls to see how many peasants he's waxed. He whacked one peasant on the way there and one peasant on, you know, the way to the market. 
So, you know, the city is slowly recovering from the plague. The plague. Because the witch has been dealt with. The witch has been dealt with. And the doctor has no doubt in his mind that, you know, the city's fine now mm -hmm. because he saved it. Mm -hmm. um, slight I, recap from last, uh, the, the doctor found a witch. The doctor had burned the down. Burned. In, yeah. Had the witch, sorry, the witch hunters had the witch burned. The yeah. doctor just alerted the proper authorities. It's the they burns the witch and a slum city block. Yeah. Oh, so the DM finally Additional made casualties. the city map, and it's actually fucking great mm -hmm. i i thought the city was bigger when he was you know saying it but it's it's still pretty big mm -hmm. some 236 buildings that that's he a lot hand drew wow yeah wow and and streets major roads mm -hmm. it's it's pretty good he's really setting the bar for uh for map making yeah so the dm really likes drawing um, you don't say. But he's an engineer, so he's a lot better at drawing, like, you know... Blueprints and schematics. Blueprints and schematics, so... Rather than illustrations. Yeah. He's he's also one of my friends that, uh, when PUBG was big, he, he played it with his drawing pad. <laughs> and, uh... Was a fucking monster? Did pretty terribly. Oh, okay. Drawing... It's pretty was, hard. To... I was gonna. Well, there's only one of two ways that could go. It's either he just does predictably badly, or is just like a savant for some reason. Like that dude who played Call of Duty with a Guitar Hero. Yeah. A light guitar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that that's still impressive to watch. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Anyway, anyway, so pretty big city. Um, I had to remind the GM that there was a city block that got burned down, so smudged a bit out. Yeah. So it was just know. slums. It's not even like it was a real city anyway. Yeah, he's like, well, fuck. Okay. This city. They're not just peasants. They're slum peasants. They're not even real people. And also, they're not even real people because it's a D&D &D game. Yeah. Filthy peasants. Yes. Yeah. And that's what they get for willfully not alerting the proper authorities to the presence of a witch. Well, I didn't vote for you. Okay. Monty Python quote. I understand this. Yeah. We don't have the jar right now, Jacob. Moving on. It got too fill uh, filled too quickly. Yeah. Thanks for the monster, bud. <laughs> Need to enable my habit. Anyway, moving on. Moving on. Back to the doctor. So they head out to the market to try to find beds, which ended up, you know, one of the only 20s rolled in the entire campaign was to find a bed, like, shop. Well, yeah, why wouldn't it be? So now... I, I've and what does the doctor? It better be the best goddamn bed shop in that entire world. It was actually pretty nice. I believe it. It was a natural morning. And also, what I've been doing, so he numbers all of his buildings. So what the DM doesn't know, I have a spreadsheet of all the uh, cities, all City. the all the buildings. All buildings. Mm -hmm. So that way, I never have to roll perception again to find something I need, because just... I'll just be like, I've already been there. Mm. That's that's what happens when when mm -hmm. I get a map is. I know where it is now. Yeah. 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 And, I mean. The better to stalk your victim. I mean, patience. Yes. Better to practice medicine. So, you know, Manolo starts bartering. Um, they were, he, he asks for uh, two cots. Mm -hmm. And, well, not cots, but two mattresses because he wasn't going to spend campaign funds on beds for an intern and another party member but that is neither here nor there 
Wouldn't it be funny if the party just decided to treat the intern better than the actual other party member that just freshly joined? I wouldn't be surprised. You should encourage it. Yeah. You're going to, aren't you? Maybe. Just lowball it in, you know, just subvert the party. Just like, we're going to treat the intern nice, but fuck that guy. <laughs> Why? Because he showed up late. I'm, I'm torn between that and treating the intern like Brett from Archer. <laughs> no. For the love of God, seal the accents. No, don't treat the intern well. Remember, they handled your coffee. The doctor only... Maybe not in your coffee, but like just generally speaking, listeners treat the interns well, they handle your coffee. True. Also, someday they will have a job. Mm-hmm. Someday. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not today. But someday. But anyway, someday. back to the doctor. So, finally, the the one party member who was there says, I'm sleeping in a bed like everyone else. I'm people. <laughs> I'm people, too. So, Manolo buy counters with, he will buy one mattress, one bed, and the party member can sleep with the intern. And the party member just says fuck it at this point. Because <laughs> that's as close as he's getting to a real bed. Right. And uh, he's, so it was the friend who played the elf trap from the last part of the campaign. So this time... The one who's aggressively loved by an enraged horse. We're, we're more sure that it is a girl elf this time. More sure. More sure. But not certain. But not certain. I... It doesn't matter. Yeah. At this point, I can't spend the energy. Yeah. Will they be useful in a fight? I'll, That's really all that matters. If, if it ends up they are, I'll be pleasantly surprised. If not, I need to start... Doctoring. Yeah. To figure out... But how? <laughs> hmm. Anyway. So. Dangerous waters there, Jacob. Back to the doctor. So the doctor, you know, the doctor is kind of sitting by, just mildly amused at everything. Mm -hmm. Kind of half interested, but Manolo tries to uh, barter for the price of the bed, of course. And he rolls a two. Nice. Got, gets fleeced, I'm guessing. Well... The, the person gives him this sob story of, you know, if it's one shilling less, that's the shilling we pay the workers with. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, do you want these this uh, this worker and his family to starve? And, of course, the knight who, you know... Altruistic and all Altruistic that. is, yeah, like... I can't spend that, so spends actually a decent amount of money. Once they buy the bed, they also... We also have a slight argument out of character for um carrying the uh because they you know he was like do you need it delivered or and manolo stands there like i'm not gonna carry the bed it's not my bed mm. and uh he tells he says you know you could get the dwarf and the intern to do it and i'm sitting there like the dwarf and the intern mm -hmm. so not only do you have the dwarf but you have a person who's three feet taller than him. And, I mean, dwarves are super strong, but still, like, the intern's, like, lifting it up. and They're dwarves. They're yeah. vertically abbreviated. Exactly. So, and then this out-of-character debate turns into an in-character debate because we decide, fuck it, we might as well debate this mm. in character. Right. So we start debating it in front of this poor shopkeeper who's like, what the fuck is I wrong with I just have it people? delivered. 
And, you know, Manolo, like, turns, he's like, fine, we'll have it delivered. And he, uh, the shopkeeper's like, oh, thank God. Because <laughs> he sees the poor, exasperated look of the intern mm -hmm. and the dwarf who is standing there very Getting not more, amused. more and more irritated. Exactly. <sighs> Considering the dwarf already has a bed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like... It's not even his bed. That's not my bed. Why am I carrying it? Because he turns to the elf, and the elf's like, "I'm not carrying it. I'm I'm an elf, and you know I'm a girl. You're a strong. You're a strong dwarf." And he's like, "Oh my god." <laughs> <sighs> Typical knife-eared bastards. Exactly. So they finally decide to have it delivered via yield Amazon delivery service. Mm. Because I'm I'm going to make that joke of. You know, is it two-day shipping or? Yeah. So, we we finally purchased the bed, and believe it or not, that took like forty-five fucking minutes. Wow. We were in character debating that for fifteen debating minutes. Who should carry the bed? For... Yeah. Wow. I mean, part of, like part of the role play took like fifteen minutes. Then we had like a five or ten minute like discussion out of character. Then we had like a fifteen-minute discussion. It was a long fucking time. That we were sitting there. That the bed would end up being delivered. Exactly. Man, I thought like, I wasted my time poorly. If if I were playing Voss, it would have just been like, guys, delivered. Guys, we're delivering it. Mm -hmm. Paying for the bed. Right. I don't want to be here. Mm -hmm. But the doctor, you know, is just sitting there like the entire time, like every minute or two, you know, the doctor is putting in his input mm -hmm. and just kind of sitting there, you know, just mildly amused. Mm -hmm. and these people who sleep on beds what does he sleep on wow. actually i don't want to know <laughs> exactly. you created a doctor i don't want to know so mm -hmm. after that we finally and it's like it's midi afternoon in the game we were probably in that shopkeeper shop in game for like two hours arguing about who should carry a bed exactly man i bet he was super glad to see you fuckers leave <laughs> Uh, and he probably just gave us the, sh because we didn't, he, see, it wasn't even like he gave us a super high price for delivery. Right. It, it was just the party leader didn't want to pay for delivery. Because he'd just gotten fleeced. Yeah. Again. So, it, it was like two hours. And Foss wasn't even responsible this time. This guy's just bad with his money. Exactly. So. Foss did nothing wrong. We're in well, this, he did a lot of things wrong, but not that. We're in this poor shop owner's like store taking up probably like holding up the line or right. you know stopping business mm -hmm. arguing it and then you know but no one's getting involved because they see a doctor there mm, and they probably. know that and because the president whatever they know that if they happen to irritate the doctor they will get beaten to within an inch of their lives with his doctor stick it's very true so it's it, the shop owner until something else distracts the, the shop owner you know doesn't want to interject but he's probably sitting there like he doesn't want to get beat with the doctor stick either exactly so you know, the shopkeeper's probably there, like, and I'm guessing it was even the DM, because the DM's, like, the shopkeeper's sitting there, and he's like, I just want this to be over. I'm going to make it low. And then finally, like, he's like, okay, once you're, they decided they're having it delivered, okay, you know, five, five fucking, like, shillings or whatever. Mm -hmm. five lowest money. Coins. Yeah, yeah. Lowest monetary unit. Just to get you out of the shop. Just leave because just if I go say, away. Because if I say ten, you're going to be here for another two hours. Mm -hmm. Just go away. So we leave. The party's still somewhat arguing about, you know, why would you make the dwarf carry the goddamn bed? 
Like, are you being stupid on purpose? And, you know, Manolo, who, he, he's my friend's playing in character. He's he's an older knight because he's in his, like, retirement, his last mm -hmm. grand quest. And he's like, you know, I'm going to hurt my back if I try to carry the bad. Wing. <laughs> so he, he changes the subject and he's like, we got a mission to do. Let's go do it. Right. Just wasted half the day in a bed store. So we go over to... You know, a person's house that the previous session Manolo had thought was a blacksmith because there was a nameplate on the door that said black and that was like their family surname. So he's like, mm -hmm. oh, it's blacksmith. Um, <laughs> nobody could remember the the name of the person. So there's like that like, dude with the face. The, the first name. Mm. We, were, we remembered black. So we were coming up with ideas for the GM because the GM had to look through his notes and we're like, was it Jack Black? Was it? <laughs> Lewis Black. Was it Smith Black? Because mm -hmm. it wasn't a blacksmith. Right. It was Smith Black. And and we, we came up with... serious? Uh, so we're coming up with all these See, names. I can pander. And the GM's like, oh my god. And he, and he couldn't find it. So he's like trying not to do one of our like mm. cleverly, you know, and he's like, fine. You know what? It's, it's... And he came up with like some random, you know, medieval name. Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh, come on. Bartholomew. So, without really talking it over and coming up with a game plan, we know we need to get this person to buy insurance again. Manolo decides he's going to run up and just, you know, FBI-style mm -hmm. kick the door in. Mm -hmm. And uh, he runs up to kick the door in. And two people who he didn't even care to, you know, roll perception to notice were standing by the door. And they stop him, and they're like, hey, what are you doing in front of this house? And he's like, I'm going to kick the door in. This person owes us insurance money. And he's like, get lost. He already paid his insurance money to us. Uh, At which point, you what? <laughs> you fucking what, mate? Sad we, sadly, we didn't have the mercenary because for whatever reason, we have a friend who sits in Discord. Mm. And uh, like 24 hours a day, he's always in Discord but 90% of the time he's away from computer. <laughs> it's actually kind of amusing because we'll sit there and like listen to him go about his day. <laughs> it's, it's we, we have like a room that we'll move him to so people can, you know, jump in and out. But regardless, that's him. I think it's an odd, like he just continues to do it, but he wasn't there for the session, even though he's on Discord. Right. Whatever. He, he must have fell asleep or something because mm. I don't know. So he wasn't there, so the mercenary dude wasn't there. So we don't already have most of our, like, combat-capable Right. So Manolo, whatever, he draws his, you know, two-handed greatsword in the middle of a crowded street with witnesses. Smart. Smart. The other two gangsters decide shit just got real. We don't have things, you know, we're not expecting some dude with a great sword to come up with us. We right. probably have, like, clubs. Mm -hmm. They decide to fuck off and get reinforcements. Good. So, you know, Manolo then knocks on the door instead of kicking it in. Tells the dude he owes him insurance money. The dude tells him, fuck you. I have insurance. Manolo's like, they're not here. And he proceeds to slam the door in his face and, you know, lots of locking noises. Mm-hmm. Okay, fuck. Well, our leader probably should have thought this through first. Manila is quickly losing control of this situation. Yeah. And that's when we see the rest of the thugs. 
come rolling down the street. Good. Good. Uh, the Doctor, as, you know, one of the only players who put perception, because, you know, he has to be able to doctor, mm. sees these people and decides to slip quietly into a side street so his doctoring license is not at stake during <laughs> a thug battle. Because... The Doctor is smart. The Doctor is smart. And also, there are a lot of witnesses. So, the doctor decides... There's a difference between savagely beating a peasant to within an inch of his life for touching the doctor's robes, and just getting in a street brawl with urban thugs. Exactly. Because one's going to get you arrested by the, you know, city patrol if they come up. The other is your rightful right... Yeah. As, as, as a doctor. Is semi-nobility. Mm -hmm. Like, doctors are quasi-nobility. Right. They're like... They're an entity all to themselves, especially as a doctor. It's it's like a minor lord. Sure. Anyway. Very Doctor. minor. Sand crabs out of there. Yep. And, Quietly, though. Well, the doctor notices it with the perception. Um, I proceeded not tell the group um, because one of them is uh, like alerted them not too much longer later when he mm. got his perception check. You know, when, when the group looks at him, he's like, are you going to say anything? And you're just like, you see the doctor cock his head. You're pretty sure he just sees a physical incarnation of the plague again. Good. Well, you've been helpful. Yeah. It's at this point the caffeine actually started to kick in. Oh, so the doctor has come alive. Yeah. So the doctor, you know, waits for them to like just begin to start doing like, okay, we're getting into range where we'll need to roll initiative, mm -hmm. and then makes a roll to slip out a side street which i actually have put a lot of points into cunning mm -hmm. because doctor's gotta skip town sometimes funny enough my diagnosis is not based off intelligence it's based off cunning because mm -hmm. i have to describe i have to tell you why your diagnosis is correct and <laughs> convince you mm -hmm. the and only thing and you need to be cunning in order to skip town after a vivisection gone wrong yeah the only one of my skills that is actually intelligence is my surgery well, yeah. Because I actually have to kind of know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So the doctor runs away and decides he doesn't want his, you know, most entertaining friends yet die. So he runs over and gets the rest of the dwarf thugs. Because mm -hmm. what's better than the doctor fighting and the rest of the party fighting the rest of the, you know, dwarfs coming to help? Mm -hmm. Which, coming to think of it, is now... Like, I'm imagining this very oddly because can you imagine, like, normal-sized thugs looking like thugs and then a bunch of dwarf, like, dwarf gangsters in, like, medieval mm -hmm. armor and stuff running up to, like, out-thug them? Yeah. It's it's just mildly amusing. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so they start to do combat. Um, I had to AFK for a second, and it worked anyways because the DM was kind of busy. Like, this was the first combat we've had with the new, like, combat system he did. Because mm. the old one... It's a homebrew. It, it was homebrew. To remind people that this yeah. is a homebrew. Kind, it had some wonky things, like AC, if you didn't roll high enough to hit, like, an armor added to AC, like, you just... It sounds fiddly. Yeah, it sounded fiddly. And the thing was, like, really good armor, you would never hit them. Mm-hmm. Because it always just come off their armor. And my friend's like, okay, this is too realistic. We need to slightly dial it back. Because mm -hmm. he had just gotten off a Witcher bend. And now he was like, okay, I've been playing for honor a little bit. And I don't want to have combat take four hours again. Mm -hmm. 
So now it's a little bit easier to do damage, and it, it just works better. Right. But, you know, first time doing any new combat systems, a party's going to take some time. Sure. I had to AFK for a couple minutes, um, and then I came back, like, right as, you know, the DM was, you know, it was, it was a couple turns in, and, uh, you know, right around the time the dwarves would have been getting there. Mm-hmm. So... And I came back with the door, like, the party's like, oh, we're fucked. The doctor ran away. Mm-hmm. We have no additional support. I came back to the dwarf with broken ribs, the intern bleeding from a massive gash in her head. Good. Um, two people missing arms. Hmm. Not in our party, though. Oh, okay. Um, Good. Not facetious. A couple people concussed. Sounds it, about right. Like, it, it had escalated quickly from the time I left. Right. The doctors. Well, you know, when dismemberment comes into a play, that was originally just kind of a territorial thug brawl. Yeah. Things have kind of. It turned into a full gang war. Yeah, things have spiraled a little bit. Like we said, Manolo very quickly lost control of that situation and it only got worse. And it's actually slightly funny because, you know, the dwarves were just like, get our insurance back. Mm. And Manolo was like, okay, we will start a full on gang war in the city. That sounds like a completely logical and reasonable step to me. Yeah. It doesn't, but no. At the same time, I would love it's to live. In, I would love to have the kind of mindset where it does, though. It would make life very interesting. Yeah. Anyway, so Zadok, like, right as the party's like, "Oh, we're fucked." I'm like, "I'm back." Oh, and uh, DM, it's probably about time for the reinforcements, right? Mm-hmm. And the party's like, "What?" The what? Oh, thank God. Because I told no one what I was doing. I was mm-hmm. just like... The doctor fucked off, and they're like, oh, great. They're he, like... He's being the doctor again. Oh, he, he it's it's another Voss. Mm. No, the doctor just decided not to be implicated with the rest of the party's shenanigans. And he's like, hey, dwarf, over there. At this point, the, the thugs who had the slight upper hand, because they took some pretty heavy casualties, like two people were missing arms. Right. Um, there was, like, another... No, there was, it was just the two people missing arms, and some other people wounded moderately, but no one was dead. Missing arms, but still had the upper hand. Yeah. Bing! Ha. Tis but a flesh wound. It, it wasn't really when I made that joke. One dude was walking around, saving Private Ryan style. Just looking for his arm, and just picks it up and goes shuffling off. Kind of just, like, walking around completely dazed. The other one's sitting there screaming. <laughs> ah! Mama! Mama! <laughs> Yeah. What started as a delightful and enjoyable thug brawl has turned quickly into the beaches of Normandy. My, how this day has taken a turn. It, it does that when it comes into contact with this party. It does that when it comes into contact with any D&D party, sir. Voss was better at making things diplomatic. Um, Which, more so. The tavern brawl still happened, and he was directly responsible for this. But... He did it, like, it was going to happen either way, because DM was like, you either leave right now and let this dude die, or you can have some fight. And the party was like, we want to fight. So. Anyway. At the most. So. The reinforcements have arrived. The reinforcements have arrived. Anyway. Took him a little while, because it was a long distance, and dwarves are very dangerous over short distances. the. The best part about bringing dwarves is the doctor didn't have to run with them. He just had to walk slightly fast. Because the doctor never runs. And the DM was like, ha, ha. Mm-hmm. I like how you're keeping things with continuity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the doctor's mild 
mild, brisk walk behind him. Mm -hmm. The thugs turn around, see a fuck ton of dwarves coming, and decide, yeah, fuck no, we're kind of ditching. Some Mm -hmm. dwarves follow after them. And, um, you know, dwarf leader talking to Manolo, see what happened. Manolo's trying to smooth things over. The doctor is is happy to see he's come back to test subjects. Oh, boy. So... I'll test subjects, patience. There's two men. Um, I He first goes up to the enemies, because the worst on our side, because the dwarf who had a broken rib is not going to speak up, because he doesn't... Because criti- he knows better. He doesn't critically need the doctor. You only ask the doctor when you are in great need of it. Dire need. Dire need. And ultimately, even in modern need, there's not much you can do about broken ribs. Not, not really. Unless you have, like, multiple ones and it's inhibiting your breathing, there's, like... Not much you yeah. can do other than suck it up, buttercup. <laughs> Take some Motrin and, uh, don't sleep on your stomach. Mm-hmm. So, the dwarf is like, I am going to try to put on my best poker face. <laughs> it hurts. How are you, my little friend? Fine! I'm fine! <laughs> the, the... In- sure? uh uh-huh. The intern has, like, a gash from, like, her right temple to, like, the middle of her forehead. And it's bleeding, but not, like, a fuck... Well, it's it's bleeding a decent amount, but it's a head injury. And, you know, the doctor knows that head, head injuries, they bleed a lot. And mm-hmm. unless, you know... The doctor knows this very well. And the fact is, you know, she's still conscious and she's just kind of, you know, slumped up standing against a wall. So if she's standing, she's probably fine in doctor. Mm-hmm. And then he sees the two enemies, one with, uh... Sans an arm. He he had lost his right arm, um... Above the elbow. Above the elbow, elbow at the, you know, middle bicep. I'm talking listeners through your body language here, because, uh, Jacob, we're no, not a, a video podcast Oh, yeah. Yet. That's, that's why, I'm, you know, it was about halfway up, uh, you know, mid-bicep. Mm-hmm. The other dude had lost it. You know, below the elbow. Mm-hmm. So the doctor, go- of course, goes to the man who's missing more arm because more m- missing means more hurt. Mm-hmm. That's just medieval medicine. There's a strange logic to it, though. Yeah. I mean, it's not wrong. Yeah. So, and he sees the man walking. that with a hook. Yeah. So he sees the man, you know, standing up completely 100% in shock. The doctor inquires if. You need... You require medical attention. And, you know, the DM rolls. He still doesn't break, you know, have enough, you know, fortitude to, like, break out of the shock. Mm. So, the doctor, after a single attempt of trying to, you know... Communicate. Communicate. Decides, I I branch my doctor stick, and I go to hit him in the temple to knock him out. Because, I mean... lamp him. Well, for one, he'll be quieter. Yeah. I rolled a one. You gently caressed his face. No. Uh, so what the DM had... Oh, you rolled a one. Yeah. So you know what the DM did? He's like, you hit him in the temple. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you're a doctor. You've hit a lot of people. You, you, know, know, how, how, you, know, you know how to lamp someone in the temple with your doctor stick. Yeah, you've done it before. But Many the, the dude snaps. He breaks out of his trance and then runs screaming away. Does he forget his arm? Well, yeah. I mean, that he, he never found it. Oh, okay. And uh, the rest of the dwarves who were there took this as no survivors and proceed to cave in the other one's head. Oh. And the DM's like, ha, there. I'm like, you made this easy for me. Mm-hmm. Like, Wait, what? And now he won't I wasn't. I wasn't looking for uh, patience. Just to practice surgery. 
I was looking for bodies. The DM's like, oh, God. <laughs> he forgot you were you. And the doctor, you know, s slightly with a happier stride. Mm -hmm. Slight skip in his step. Exactly. So, the rest of the party, you know, Manolo at this point had decided to try to see what had happened to the dude in the house. Apparently, the dude had made off out of a back window. Smart. Yeah. I wouldn't blame him. Full-on gang war erupting on my front doorstep. I'm leaving. People cleared out of the streets as well. Smart. And, and then the the actual the dwarf mafia apparently has enough, you know, reputation with the city guard that they were able to pay him off. And the city guard fucked off to a different part of the city. Mm -hmm. So, you know, while things were getting cleaned up before mm -hmm. anyone else saw. So Manolo kicks in the door FBI style and mm. proceeds to loot through the house and actually finds this. It was like a small business. Mm. So he stole everything that wasn't nailed down. Naturally. Lots of money. Right. Banknotes for gold bullion. Nice. That weren't in the person's name. Bearer bonds. Bearer bonds. Nice. Pretty much. Yield bearer bonds. Yeah. And uh, the party's pretty happy. So it turns out the resident of the place was smart in a self-preservation sense, but not smart to take things that, you know, might use his passage if he needs to skip town. He probably did still have shit. Yeah, that's true. But like... But like... You know, they're bearer bonds, it's paper, he can stuff them in his pocket. Yeah. Again, though, in the Middle Ages, like, you probably wouldn't be able to use those at any other bank. This is true. And I'm, we're pretty sure he just left the city, because mm -hmm. at this point, he had paid enough insurance, and he was just fucking done. Mm -hmm. I'm, just like, I'm tired I, of I getting don't, robbed I don't, every time I answer my door. I don't have a family, I haven't made, I haven't been able to fucking, you know, make Turn a, a profit. Yeah. Because every time someone knocks on my door, they're there to rob me. And yet, here I am, still answering every time, because I just want visitors. I'd, I'd like to imagine that dude came into the city, and, like, he's like, okay. Full I, of optimism. You know, I, I just bought this house. I bought us off this guy. I'm coming in with my wares. At the city gate, they're like, you either got to bribe us to let uh, us have you, you know, let your cart into the city, or you can turn around. Mm -hmm. Pay some money. Gets, you know, gets in. Couple thugs on the street. Hey. If you actually want to load your shit into your house without it getting stolen, you got to pay protection. Oh, fuck. Pays protection. Other mob mafiosos come up. Hey, you know, if you uh, you don't want your house to burn down, you got to pay protection. Stop paying protection to them. Oh, my fucking God. I've already paid up front, but here, here's money. Mm. You know, and then this dude comes to kick in your door. And then there's a gang war. And he's like, you know what? Screw it. Done. It's, it's been three days. I'm done. <laughs> three days? <laughs> that, that's what I'm imagining in my mm -hmm. head. Yep. So the rest of the party is, like, looting the house, and they're, like, to the Z-Doctor. You know, I'm still a little bit tired, but Z-Doctor is kind of, you know... Perking up. He's perking up, and I decided not to loot, and I went over to help the intern. And to the, the rest of the help party... Help or, quote-unquote, help. Doctor. Okay. To the party's complete surprise, though, it was just stitches. Like, I mean, the skull wasn't caved in. It was just a cut across the head. So Everyone was expecting the worst, weren't they? They were expecting the worst. They're not the worst in, like, you know, just, like, like way too heavy-handed of a treatment. Just They were expecting the worst in terms of gross. They weren't expecting just, like, the reasonable approach, which is just stitch that shit back up. Yeah. They were expecting you to pull, like, a pocket full of just gross something. Out of my pocket and, and put just, it bleh, 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 bleh. And believe it or not, the doctor actually, like, the doctor went to do the stitches, and she, like, the intern was tensing up, and the doctor even offered anesthetic. But, and the party's like, where is this, like, <laughs> where is this when you're treating the peasantry? And see, this is why I'm doing it, because I'm treating the intern nicely. Mm. 
the rest of the party it's gonna it's gonna be pretty hard I'm, mm-hmm. I'm still gonna you know try to save them because i don't want to intentionally kill the party right but it's gonna be more painful right you know the doctor he doesn't want to hurt you know this nice girl who's you know been they got off on the wrong foot they yeah. started off on the wrong foot you know what like here to make up for how off I, the rails our first encounter went Besides, you never know when being nice to an NPC will pay off in the long run. Exactly. Like, I don't have to be nice to Patrick. Because as far as you and the par- rest of the party know, she might actually be super plot important. You just have no idea. Yep. It might be like make or break. Like, she might actually end up betraying the party. Like, you know, some sort of twist or whatever. But because the doctor's been nice to her, she will do so at a time when the doctor is running late or simply not present. Yes. Be nice to your NPCs, players. <laughs> hey, will- don't show up to the gang house today. Why? Yeah. Just don't. Yeah, just don't. <laughs> Complete city guard raid. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the doctor gives her anesthetic, stitches it back up, and to the parties, like, and what the DM does is, like, I rolled a 10, but my doctoring is plus 4, so it's 14. Mm. What the DM does as well is, you know, the more you describe of how you're doing a situation, the ge- more generous he is with the thing. And, and given your day job. And it's also stitching. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's sewing right pretty hard to screw up stitching right so you know the doctor sews it back up puts some relatively clean bandages on it only been used once or twice it's old though that's clean by medieval standards honestly and they've been boiled and they've been boiled Mm -hmm. yeah i mean they've been washed it's just stained that's the closest to cereal you're gonna get in a medieval setting exactly wrap it back up um doctor tells them you know they have to carry the npc back Mm -hmm. because She's lost a little bit too much blood to be walking. Mm. And uh, the rest of the party decided, you know, halfway through this that I wasn't cutting someone's skull open, that they quickly lost interest and were like, oh, he's not butchering her. (laughs) He's not butchering her. Bored now. So they go in to loot it and they're like, aren't you going to loot anything? And the doctor pulled, like they asked the doctor, hey, do you, did you want to grab anything from the house? Because they're kind of, you know, walking out with whatever shit they could carry. Mm -hmm. Funny enough, they should have just grabbed a bed. Because we still need a bed, but... A second bed, yeah, right. Who am I? You know. How dare you apply logic to a Dungeons & Dragons setting, Jacob? Exactly. The doctor, at this point, pulls out a burlap sack and folds one of the corpses with, you know, the head caved in neatly and places it into a sack and then licks it over his shoulder, saying... the most grotesque Santa Claus in the world. (laughs) Pretty much. And the party just looks in horror like, dear... I'm like, no, guys, I got all the loot I need. Puts him on his shoulder. And, and this is the reason I hired you. Exactly. Because you're fucking <laughs> insane. You're a fucking lunatic and I hired you on purpose. Not like... And the doctor ditches through a side street. And they lose him again because my... They, they don't know how cu- high my cunning is. Like, every roll so far this campaign, with the exception of, like, one athletics check, mm. which was, the like, to knock the dude out... Right. ...has been, like, a plus four modifier. But... Because basically, the, my doctor runs on intelligence, so anything surgery is plus five. Ah, cunning, which is plus four, mm. because I made sure to you know it's a two based on you know the stat itself, and then two based on the skill, mm. and then you know perception is plus four as well. Mm. So it's like holy fuck, the doctor is good at doctoring. Nothing else, but at doctoring. <laughs> and so he's good at skipping town when he needs to. He disappears with the body. They don't see him, and they decide, fuck it, we're not going to chase after him. We don't want to know. We had other shit to do, but 
we're going to leave him be because honestly, we don't want to know where he is mm-hmm. or what he's doing. So they take the girl back to the inn, lay her on one of the other characters' beds. Because the one that's been purchased hasn't arrived yet. Yeah, it arrived like while they were there, but they decided, you know what, fuck it, we're just going to give this bed to the NPC. Mm. Um, two of the other party members can share for now. Mm. It's it's funny. They're we're gonna treat that NPC well because mm. I feel with this group. But the actual player character that joined around the same time like utter dirt, huh? Treat them like bread, marcher. <laughs> See, I have this feeling that you know the party is gonna start off with a lot of tough love with the intern, mm-hmm. and then the intern is gonna become the most favorite, uh, like the favorite party member, because that's how it works. Yes. And then the intern's gonna be treated better than a, the elf, or yeah, probably just the elf. <laughs> I'm sorry, the sins of the the horse cannot be forgiven with the last character. Yeah. Like we say, you sew one button, you are no tailor. And you fix one shoe, you are no cobbler. But you fuck one horse, horse fucker for the rest of your life. Exactly. And into another one, apparently. Though, that shit carries over from character to character. Like, no, it's a completely new character. Yeah, but you still voluntarily. But you're choosing another Exact Similar same, concept. Same exact character, so we're gonna party already disliked elves because one, we have a dwarf. And they're never gonna forget what they saw the el- last elf they dealt with. Exactly. The, the party's screwed. Mm-hmm. And the doctor just honestly The party's not very heavily biased against the knife-feared bastards, and as well they should be because elves are not to be trusted. It, it's funny because right now we have, like, the party, the knife-feared bastards, and then the doctor who just doesn't give a fuck either way. Because mm-hmm. the doctor doesn't know anything that's happened with last elf right. of the party. And Doctor doesn't care. I mean, if you'd been there to examine... There would have been witchcraft or plagues or something. Mm -hmm. But... Anyway. 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 So, halfway through, um, it started off as a joke um, where, you know, the Merchants Guild would just send a messenger anytime, you know. Because we had arranged a secondary meeting where, you know, we'd do the more nitty-gritties of the Iron Deal. Mm Mm-hmm. So they send a messenger, and it started off as kind of a joke, but now with the Merchant Guild, anytime they, you know, we'll be in contact with you later, we get a Skyrim messenger who finds us wherever we are. I've been looking for you. Because the the DM absolutely fucking loves Skyrim. Like, What's not the love? 2,000 fucking hours in the game. Okay, well, actually, no, I've got about that much over both Maybe more. console and PC combined. I, th- like... Every once in a while... Jacob, I vanished for a week and a half when it came out on console. People had to drag me out of my house to get fresh air, and I was still looking for dragons outside in the real world. Every couple months, he gets back into it, and it's mostly, at this point, just how many mods he can have running at once. His record's 130. Casual scum. 130 mods. 180. He he blue screens his computer for a solid week before, you know, he finally gets it working, plays like two hours, and he's like, okay, I'm done. We're like, Really? The most I've gotten is 180, but a lot of them were just additional weapon mods. Like, hey, that'd be a cool weapon to have. That'd be a cool weapon to have. And since you just carry a sack full of weapons on your back in Skyrim. I'm talking like 130 were like... Super in-depth. 20 to 50 overhauls. or overhauls. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Where it's like, I don't know... How, like, he's he's installing programs and getting, like, shit to run on fucking batch code. Right. Anyway, Doctor. Yeah. So, they, they get a message that they mandatory meeting tonight for the iron deal mm-hmm. manolo's like i'm going to go find the doctor i point out out of character every time i, l- I l- lured him to the doctor's i mean not lured but 
a Freudian slip, but uh, brought him to the doctor's, uh, you know, abode. He'd uh, taken him through side streets. Right. Lots of twists and turns, I'm guessing. Unfortunately, I forgot his character also had, like, a plus five to intelligence. Not to knowledge, like general mm. street smarts, but right. intelligence. So in this, in this case, it actually would be literal street smarts, Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> so he finds him. Well, I thought it was funny. Yeah. Um, he he knocks on the cellar door of the doctor. I I tell Manolo I I love describing shit mm-hmm. at the fucking doctor's abode because every time I go there it's, a house it's like of horrors. how do I get to describe it this time mm-hmm. so he he knocks on the door well first of all you know he tries to open the door and I remind him there's at least seven deadbolts that- slightly less enthusiastic knocks mm-hmm. here's here's some tools being dropped. Some shuffling around the basement. Mm. And then I tell him, you hear a couple steps up creaky wooden stairs, and then silence. <laughs> Manolo decides, hi, it's it's Manolo from the party. Um, I'm here to talk. I uh, got some important news. Like, he honestly was like, this Wigged is- the fuck out. <laughs> He, I, I tell him you hear like seven deadbolts and then you open the door and then, you know, the doctor opens the door still holding the handles. And I describe the doctor as... Oh, I forget to say the cellar trap yeah. door or whatever. So just peeks out doctor mask. Exactly. Something goes from with, ominous with to... With cocked Something goes from ominous to... Oh. <laughs> oh, I also forgot an important thing I've started doing with the doctor. Mm-hmm. I describe the doctor's facial expression and curiosity in the situation in degrees of head tilt. Okay. I was going to be like, Jacob, facial expression. He's wearing a mask. Exactly. Degrees of head tilt. Right. And then you quantified it before I got, yeah, okay. Got it. So, you know, 90 is doctor on, you know, just doctor, doctor Mm. being doctor. Mm. You know, you get like a hundred degrees because it's always cocked to one side. Right. Unless he's really befuzzled, then it'll be cocked to one side and cocked to the other. Mm -hmm. Right. And then, you know, degrees of de- uh, confuzzled, you know, it will go back and forth. Right. A, a certain number of times. Mm-hmm. But I'll do it in degrees. So, you know, 10 degrees is mildly curious. 20, 30. Right. You know, the party is pretty pretty amused at this point. For, it's clever. Yeah. Because I, I went into this and I, I was like, fuck. Because, you know, when I role play, I usually will give like what, if my character doesn't want to say something, he'll give a facial expression. But I can't do that. Mm-hmm. So, just degrees of head tilt. It works. Yeah. So, doctor's there with 20 degree head tilt, looking at Manolo. I describe the doctor as wearing some thicker, blacker gloves that are, you can't really tell what's on them, but they're covered in something. Mm-hmm. And he's wearing... I'm, I'm guessing a lot of it. Yeah. He's also wearing a white apron that is com- that is covered in a decent amount of blood and stuff. And a lot of it. And Manolo at this point is... Uh, Disturbed. Did I come at a bad time? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Quite. Uh, we have a meeting with the Merchants Guild today. Uh, they need proof of concept. Quite. I'll be going now. Quite. <laughs> and, and this time, like, 
you know, I did the seven deadbolts, but there's still, like, I still had the two chains. Mm -hmm. Like, still. Because, you know, the the way I described it to the Barty is the Doctor is the closest to Dale Gribble you can get in medieval times. Right. So, Manolo starts walking back and to inform the party. Of course, the Doctor, you know, not there, not metagaming. The, the party is like, you know, once Manolo told him, like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Um... Every time, the doctor just shocks us more and yep. more. Mm -hmm. And unlike llamas and hats, I'm saving the best for last. Oh, boy. So, they're like, okay, fuck, we don't want the doctor to be late. Well, actually, there's no meeting time. So, they're like, fuck, you know, I wonder when the doctor is actually going to get here because, you know, we didn't give him a hard time. So, we can't, like, you know, plan for him being here. So... I guess we'll sit around twiddling thumbs. Nice. Meanwhile, I was like, fuck, fuck, fuck. I have to come up with a plan on how to do proof of concept. Turning iron into gold. And I'm still only like 75% on caffeine. That so like, I'm like, fuck, fuck, fuck. And I'm like, to the party out of character, I'm like, does anyone have an idea? And everyone's like, uh, no, you're, you're the ideas guy. Fuck. D DM's like, well, I mean... Like, you, you could just, like, try to, you know, charisma base through it. And I'm like, no. That's not Doctor Style. That's not the Doctor Style. And then I thought of it. Uh-oh. The Doctor avidly remembers that they had gotten some gold bullion from the bank. Uh, you know, bearer bonds. Right. The Doctor, not too much longer later, tidies up, you know. Changes. It, well, changes him. Mm -hmm. You can't really change that basement. Right. And and walks over. And not actually too much longer after Manolo came back, they hear the ominous three knock. Like, well. The doctor walks in. First, you know, not even really caring when Manolo greeted him, goes mm -hmm. over to check the intern, mm -hmm. sees that she's still breathing, the doctor's done okay. <laughs> uh, requires the the gold bullion mm -hmm. now to give you an idea the gold bullion like they these are only one tenth of full gold bullion like bearer bonds right but that's still like 50 silver mm -hmm. each yeah manolo gives him two of them the doctor only needed one so the doctor is going to pocket the other one for <laughs> later right and he heads over to the bank to make a withdrawal mm. Waits in, waits in the queue. I said queue, and I like, I like, I, I, I was trying to think of the word for line, and it, like at the time, I was like, "Fuck, what do the Brits call it?" Ah, queue. Mm -hmm. You know, once he gets there, the doctor, you know, the person at the booth is, you know, not quite paying attention, you know, doing something, clears his throat. I tell the DM it's also partially because he just inhaled some crushed dried poppy flowers. Mm but it sounded like <clears throat> the person looks up hesitantly. <laughs> Hello. I would like to make a withdrawal. Slips banknote. Still, you know, there's a little something, something I said. A little smudge. Uh, because, you mm -hmm. know, it bleeds through the thicker gloves the doctor was wearing. Sure. Person takes the banknote. Would you like cash or would you like a coin or would you like bullion 
Bullion, please. <laughs> Slides Bullion across the table. Will that be all? Quite. Box of Bullion, off it goes. Takes Bullion, off it goes. The Doctor has the first part of his plan. Then the Doctor decides he needs some iron. Mm-hmm. So he heads over and finds a blacksmith. And the blacksmith cuts him a bit of stock. Same, pretty much exact same dimensions. Mm. Like, same weight and everything right. made sure of. And gives him the iron and is like, why do you need this? Doctor just stares at him. Okay, that will be X amount of money. Give him the money. Then the doctor needs one more thing. Uh-huh. I, th- I tell the DM. Now, I can either tell you what I'm going back specifically to get. Or. And, and, and list it all off. Mm-hmm. Or I can just go back and get it, and you can you can be amused mm-hmm. at what I'm going to do. Right. And the DM's like, you're the kind of player I know you already know exactly what you're doing, and you have everything in that basement. And you can prove that you have everything in this basement, because right. at this point, fucking doctor. Right. You are, you've been thorough. So, the doctor goes back and grabs something. A mm-hmm. couple things. And bit of bit of, you know, bullshittery later, the doctor comes out with a, a substance that will help turn iron into gold. Aha. Uh-huh. And heads back to the party. Party's slightly surprised it took so little time. Doctor was on the mission. Doctor's on a mission. Doctor has an idea and doctor wants to do it. Because... Mm. When the doctor sets his mind to something, doctor does it. Exactly. So, you know, the doctor, already not really a fan of the merchants because he's been screwed over in the past. And, you know, the doctor likes buying, well, doesn't really like buying stuff. He likes acquiring things. Right. And it's and when the merchants won't sell you bodies. You have to acquire. You have to acquire. Apparently with the help of the nearest dwarf. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. So... The doctor walks out, and they're going out of town a little bit to, like, the, you know, the merchant, like, small warehouse. Right. And the doctor, you know, introduces, you know, not introduces, but greets them, and, um, you know, the merchant beckons them inside the small warehouse. They go to sit at a small table to work out the nitty-gritties and to see the proof mm-hmm. of his doctoring. Yes. And, well, alchemy in this point, but yes. he's the doctor in this side of it. Because the doctor did say he had a biological process that made it actually work. This is already getting grim. And so he pulls out the iron bullion. Mm-hmm. Well, what would Iron be, ingot. Yeah, the iron ingot. And pulls out the gold bullion. And gives them the gold bullion to examine and to weigh. Mm-hmm. I'm quite happy for one thing that my GM doesn't know about gold bullion because gold bullion typically has like a proof mark on it. Mm. They don't check. I right didn't here. mention it because I'm like they, he, it's it's a really obscure fact, but they have a little like metal stamp into them mm-hmm. that just like like a little symbol. Right. So I was like, you know what? Not gonna mention it. Just mm-hmm. need this to go through because it's the only plan we got. Right. So he hands it back to me. They, after they weighed it, they tested it, you know, made sure it was real gold. Right. Probably bit into it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. 
amazing, amazing gold. And then hands them the same, like the same size iron. He's like, of course, the gold bullion had to be re melt, like melted down and stuff. Re smelted or whatever. Yeah, yeah, but you know, it's the same size mm. and same weight. Right. Well, I mean, gold weighs a little bit more, but sure. you know, same material, I guess. Medieval, mm. you know, same mass. Exactly. So they they look and you know, waiting to see how I do it. So, first of all, I have Quicksilver. And if there's one thing, like, any beginner alchemist knows, Quicksilver and, like, Mercury in general, the only reason it was widespread through the Middle Ages is because, like, a lot of metals will break down with it, mm -hmm. and it will just turn it into a liquid. Right. Iron does this. Mm -hmm. So, the doctor who knows nothing about Mercury, and I explained this to my DM, and he's like, yeah, you're not wrong. It was, like, the beginning of any alchemy. So he breaks it down, and now you have liquid. And then the doctor, of course, they can't see, but smiles and breaks out the second part of the plan. Mm. He produces a jar of yellow liquid. Gross. And opens it. Gross. So here's what the plan was. I, I tell them because, you know, I wanted to make sure we we're inside. Yes. And that they were sitting close. Uh-huh. Because what the doctor had actually done is just went back to his workshop. Lair. Okay. I'll give you that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and looked for, you know, whatever was colored yellow. Because what is gold and faking merchants have in common? It needs to be yellow. Uh-huh. Is... Thank God they didn't give me, like, white gold as bullion. Gross. So... The doctor, I, I said, you know, fished, and I told the GM this at the time, and did smell, tell him what the smell was, because he was sitting there like, okay, it's a smell, and I'm like, no, this isn't just any smell, this is a smelly smell, a smelly smell that smells, mm -hmm. and I want them to not want me to continue this, because that's my whole thing, is... What's like, stop, stop, we get it, we get it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's what they're doing. Like, that's what the doctor wants as yeah. a result. The doctor took a little bit of the, you know, jar of boil juice he had. Some of the, you know, he fished out some rotting earthworms from what he feeds to his leeches. Good. There was a couple other parts of biological matter that he had. DM was like, yeah, I can see that because... <laughs> There's a lot of shuffling in your basement when people come over. Ah. Uh. And you just also got another corpse. And I'm oddly scared for where this campaign's going. Mm -hmm. And a lot. I Also, sulfur from the smelling salts that I had. Good. I, I made this, like, I put, it was like. You made this as gross as possible. Yeah. And I wasn't like, no, they don't just step back. Because the DM at first was like, they step back. I'm like, no. This is, this is something that is just short of making them start puking. Right. The recoil would be the one. Yeah. And the doctor, mildly amused after, you know, the, the their coughing and sh shit, it, you know. Coughing, spluttering, The doctor retching. sees this, and they don't want to, like, step out, but the doctor says, uh, I see this is rather unpleasant for you. If, if you want, I'm sure that, I can assure you that it works, as you've, scene yeah and i can tell you you know 
you can continue to watch it, but it is a long and arduous time for mm -hmm. it to come to fruition and bear as much gold as possible. Right. And they're like, Merchant weighs it quickly in his head, decides, you know what, since we've already weighed the gold, get out of here, please close that jar, and <laughs> we are going to need to open every single window in here mm -hmm. for the next couple days. Right. Doctor... Burn the clothes we're currently wearing. Yep. Doctor, you know... And then, so they start debating price. Of course, the doctor is not Voss. The merchant says 50% of the profit. Hmm. The doctor, wanting the, to make this look real, decides he has to try to barter. Uh -oh. So he pulls over Manolo. Well, he is cunning. Yeah. So he pulls over Manolo to try to, like, just talk, like, and not, you know, make them think they're, you know, debating price. Right. And all, all Robert's character, Manolo, could think at this time was... I don't want to sign the paperwork because I'm going to be in trouble for this. You're signing the paperwork. I'm like, no, no. the doctor's like, we're trying to make it look real. Mm -hmm. And he took him a couple times to realize that. And the doctor's like, whatever. Walks back. I roll terribly for the charisma because mm -hmm. doctor is not extremely charismatic. And uh, we settle for 49%. I got 1% off. Hey. Okay. So we signed the paperwork. Um, DM actually figured out, uh, in the middle, in medieval times when contracts were signed, they were signed in two, like on, on the same sheet twice. And then they were cut at a very like jagged, odd angle. So that when you have the two pieces of the contract, when you, you can put them together like a puzzle piece. So, mm, so you know, that so it's an a genuine illiterate piece. peasant can know that it's the same contract. Right. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. Very clever. Yeah. So, you know, the doctor scribbles doctor in you know, doctor handwriting and right. leaves. And just say completely illegibly. And right before the session end, we do two things. We make a dead drop because I mentioned out of, you know, the doctor mentions uh, that they probably shouldn't go, you know, trying to figure out where the rest of the reserve is mm. because they're trying to, you know, find the reserve and, you know, they'll have the rest of the, you know, revolution do it. And, you know, I honestly don't want to go, like, fucking on a scouting mission. Right. Because we know where, like, they're delivering it. We don't know where it's coming from. Mm. So have a lot more resources of the revolution do it. Mm. And, you know, that leaves more time in the city to do other missions. And do more doctrine. Exactly. You can't doctor if you're in the woods with only your party. Then you have to start trying to get them hurt. No, you don't. <laughs> They'll do it just fine on their own. True. It is the this party. This is, yeah, yeah. And the, you know, and so they set up a dead drop for that. And then the doctor has one unfinished thing he needs to take take care of. Uh-huh. The doctor tells, and I tell the DM, I have one more body to pick up. Oh, boy. Because one dude with no arm ran off in a complete frenzy, frenzy into some alleys. And with no arm and no medical attention, he's... Not long for the world. Certainly not long for the world. Mm -hmm. So the doctor of the cover of darkness finds a second corpse and takes it back. And we, we end the session there. The The party is telling me, you know, how fucked I am and, like, how are you going to keep literally all the city's mercenaries, I mean, uh, the merchants off of you with, like, countless mercenaries and stuff. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing. I've already explained, and I explained this to him because, you know, it's my grand plan. That I came up with on the spot. Right then and there. The uh, 
you know, the Merchant's Guild already knows that it's going to take a long time for the process. Right. We still have more gold bullion notes. Yes. I just give them a bar here and there, string mm -hmm. it out as long as possible. Now, one of two things is going to happen. If the revolution, like the revolutionary forces, find the stockade stockpile. of iron. Stockpile. Yeah, the stockpile. You know, they're going to, we're going to destroy the entire stockpile. And, the, you know, the, the DM was just thinking we'd do, like, a small shipment. Because, you know, every little bit helps in the revolution. Right. And I'm like, yeah, but you got to go big or go home. Bingo. Because they, they have it hidden, probably not, like, super guarded. Right. And if we destroy everything, what does that do? For one, the king is going to start killing merchants because their entire kingdom's iron like stockpile is just gone. Right. And now the king can't continue his warfare. Right. Also, I'm kind of sad about Voss because if I was Voss, I would just start selling iron at an absorbent price. Mm -hmm. War profiteering. Yeah. Classic boss. Classic boss. But I was like, I, I told the party we could do that, and they're like, it sounds like boss is starting to come out a little bit. And I'm like, yeah, the doctor isn't going to do that, but if any of you want to take up the bright idea, mm -hmm. you'll make a lot of money. Ideas on the table. Take it or leave it. But we've already had a crossover with Voss. Right. So you mentioned that in Voss, the last one. I'm going to see if Voss can try to do some profiteering. Mm -hmm. Regardless. Right. Um, But... The merchants are now going to be looking to the people who told, who stole all their iron, and they aren't going to really care about one small shipment when they lost, like, 95% of it. Right. And if they still are looking for the doctor, I remind the party I now have two bodies, and nobody knows what I look like. All I have to do is change clothes and put the doctor robes on one of the dead bodies, and the party's like, dear Christ, the, the fucking... He's done it before. He's done it before. Because... <laughs> The doctor just has to buy a new mask, scribble a new name on his doctoring license, mm -hmm. and come in and diagnose the first doctor who's dead with the plague mm -hmm. from whatever concoction he was mixing in his basement, which was wildly toxic and, you know, buried. An and, and we have to burn down the, the tavern, too. Mm -hmm. Not just the basement. Just for good measure. Just for good measure. And then the doctor now has everything the initial doctor had, minus mm -hmm. a new mask and a corpse. Mm-hmm. And they're like, part dear God, you've done this so many times before. Because you didn't, I know you, you didn't hesitate with this plan. You already no. had this plan. You, this was. The doctor is, you know, the doctor has had to skip towns, as I've said before. Right. Because the way I'm playing this doctor is he stays in a town like a terrible parasite until he gets the money and gets enough, you know, peasants and research in quotations uh -huh. done. And then when he inevitably pisses somebody off eventually. He just either runs out of town, goes to a new town, you know, kills off his first doctor. Right. Like. Covers his back, fakes his death. Doctors probably spent more on, you know, having a new forgery of doctor license made for and a new name else. than even the masks. Mm -hmm. I mean, for the doctor, it's just a chance to get a new scarier mask. Yes. And the party is sitting there like holy horrified, like horrified. Wow, like holy shit! You, you have this done before, and I'm like, yeah, the doctor is a, is the best doctor. Mm -hmm. The doctor knows how to doctor. The doctor can't be the best doctor if he's in a prison cell for various things. Exactly. And the party's like, and the, and the DM too is like, wow, you were 
Mona Sainz like, I mean, we knew Jacob was a lunatic, but did we really know? Like, this this takes more planning than even Voss's plans, because Voss's plans are kind of on, mm-hmm. on the feet, but this is, like, this is long and thought out. Just That's... note that they are all horrified. I'm taking this all in stride, because this is, like, <laughs> I just, this is the you that I yeah. know. Like, this is not surprising the information. I'm 0% surprised that you have had this all planned out. And the party's like, wow, we don't even have to worry about the merchant skilled. Like, we were sure they were going to come after your head, and it's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they that's, can have it. That's why you were so interested in the bodies. Yeah, that too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because unless that needs to happen, those bodies could be useful for other things. And you'll probably need a fresher body. Yeah. Some peasant's going to get drink some consumption water and... Oh, the worst! <sighs> anyway. Uh, that's all for... The worst part is trying to make the peasant the same height as the doctor. Oh, Nice. Nice. I'm, I'm making this as gritty, like, medieval Fucking, medicine. And the like, word you're looking for is grim. Yeah. I'm, I'm turning this campaign grim dark. Nice. And I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah, this... Not gonna lie, Voss was entertaining. This is way better than Voss. Oh, yeah. Every new tale is just like, uh-huh. Then what happened? Because I, I feel like this is taking a little bit of my, like, daisy side. and being... A little bit. Help. Sir, understatement is understatement is my shtick. Get your own. Yeah. Prefer to be the peasant beating kind. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. And this is only the start of the doctor's mm-hmm. adventures because mm-hmm. this is still Doctor Rising. Yep. I mean it's gonna be full Dark Knight trilogy. Ah. Uh, well, awesome. Dark Doctor trilogy. Mm-hmm. Mm. Did the crows bring you any more loot this time? No, they didn't. I didn't Bummer. ask for it. Like, mm. I was still kind of sleep-deprived. Yeah. And I hadn't really left out a whole lot of trifles for the crows. Mm. I left some jiggly bits for them last time. <laughs> yes. But that was pretty much it. So I'll do it for part three. They'll do for part three. Oh, boy. You're a fucking nightmare, Jacob. And that's why I hired you. I'm a lot of people's nightmare in that campaign. You're a lot of things, Jacob. I'm, You're well, a lot of things. Player character's nightmare. Mm-hmm. You're a lot of things. You're a lot of things to a lot of people for a lot of different reasons. And we'll leave it at that. Yeah. So, dear listeners, if... uh, Boy. Yeah, I just need a moment with the whole... You had the skip town plan good. Like, I was not... Like, I said I was 0% surprised, but it's just sinking in now. I don't even have to s- skip town. All I have to do is come in... The, cover- the track covering. Yeah. The track covering. Like... Worst case scenario is skip town, but really, I don't even need it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm glad we live in the real world where this wouldn't work for you. Yeah. Anyway, thank you all very much once again, dear listeners, for listening to another episode of General Nerd Sense. And wherever you're listening to us, too, be it iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, Podcast, wherever, don't forget to subscribe if you are not subscribed already. And if you have any suggestions or requests for either future episodes of General Nerd Sense, uh, Lore Council or Loose Spruce, head on over to our Facebook page, uh, Shieldwall Productions on Facebook.com, or, or hit us up on Twitter at the official SWP if you have any ideas for, you know, treatments for the doctor can administer to the peasants, or if you just want to shoot the shit and talk, I'm more than happy to do that as well. Mm-hmm. But until next time, dear listeners, don't get the plague. Stay healthy. Stay healthy.